Hey, welcome to Hey Ass. How the hey hell are you doing? I like how Ben asks, how the hell are you doing? Like, we're going to get a response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Fuck. Hey. I just, I just want somebody to talk back. Why don't y'all ever ask us how we're doing? Yeah, there you go. Listeners. Yeah. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, this conversation always feels very one-sided. Actively it really tweet does. at us while you're listening to an episode. <laughs> we'll remember what you're asking about. Hell yeah, we will. Most definitely. We won't Um, it. I fucking will. These two yokels. Like somebody Q-tipped their brain oh, immediately. I've gone on record multiple times about this. It is... Oh, you oh man. There, even you back when we have. like first... I mean, it was worse back when we first started because we had such a backlog built up. But, like, yeah, we oh released God, a couple yes. episodes and friends would text us and be like, I really liked the part where you did this. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad that you was liked six months it. Ago. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, backlog. I miss you so much. Yep. <laughs> I just think about not having to rush to record every week to produce content. <laughs> Oh, backlog. So, um, New Year's just happened, and I think this week, to celebrate Ring in the New Year's, we're going to talk about how Travis's resolution is to not have any more long-running television shows, so that his friends, Ari and Ben, can never (laughs) trick him into doing another podcast like this again. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Hey, guys... (laughs) Visit us in 2027 oh, after Hey Asmut for our Grey's Anatomy podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Three people who have only seen combined two episodes of Grey's Anatomy are going to watch every episode and complain about it. Oh, man. This is a formula we could keep alive forever. What would we call that? Uh, Bone zone. Our days in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Our days of your lives. I vote we call it Welcome to the Bone Zone. Welcome to the Bone Zone. Oh my god. Which really could be any medical show. Like, we could absolutely pretend to be doctors and give medical advice. Just as long as we disclaimer it by saying it's a podcast. Can (laughs) Can I make a prediction about the series finale of Supernatural that aired recently? Um, you can make a prediction about the series finale of Supernatural that aired in 2009, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, go go so on. So, here's what happened. <clears throat> Sam and Dean, they kill, they've killed every monster. And now that there's no more monsters, they fade out of existence on Earth, and then re- they basically rematerialize in a like of like just a vast nothing of white except for two chairs and one big ass TV and then they have to sit down and watch every episode of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> you know this is exactly what happens at the ending and that's why everybody was pissed oh, off. Oh yes, I Honestly, knew Honestly That's better than the ending we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only reason we get the ending we got is oh, to the Chinese. 
Okay, wait, wait, wait. Real quick, Travis. Yeah. Do we have to watch them watch Grey's Anatomy in real real time? Yes. Or is that just how the show is? Yeah, like, so we have to the, watch them. Wait, we have to. We have to watch Sam and Dean watch it. So it's basically <laughs> us watching Sam and Dean yeah. mystery science theater all of Grey's Anatomy. Honestly, still better than what we got. <laughs> I would both watch and do that. Like, Jesus Christ. Correct. Oh, God. Listeners, let us know if in the remake of Supernatural we do in 30 to 40 years, you want us to end it with Travis's ending. That'll be that'll be a whole arc in itself. It'll be like the last seven episodes of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I have no idea what the fuck you just said to me, but cool. It's... Get, it's, hey, Ben, get into the gutter with us. Don't pretend you're better yeah. than this. Come on. You know who Haruhi Suzumi is. Get get down here for, with the rest of us. For anyone who... Get down in the fucking mud. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, I'm just going to spoil go. this shit. There's like, what is it, six episodes in a row that are an arc of this anime that are all exactly the same because it's a time travel loop? It's meta. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. What anime is this? The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzuma. The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzuma. Alright, I need one of you to answer my questions for fuck's sake. <laughs> for Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, we're in a if mood today, un- guys. We're in a I, fucking mood today. If I can't understand you, our peep, our listeners can't. For goddamn sake. Travis, yes. what is the name of the anime? The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. There we go. And I it's, still don't know what it it's is. It's basically it's like it's a super meta anime. Oh, okay. It's one of those where it's like it's a- the anime characters know they're in an anime, or like one it's like one character believes that she's in an anime and basically like rounds up these this group of people to be like, You're this you're this character type and you're this character type and you're this character type. Yeah. And, and it okay. just goes off the rails from there. And see, the thing is, spoilers for this super old anime, is that she's a reality warper who's actually in an anime. Yeah. <laughs> so she, and she doesn't know she's a reality warper, so she bends reality to her will. And all of the other characters who are not exactly normal themselves, but there is one, like, everyman dude, mm. basically are trapped in this hellscape with her. Yeah. It's a great show. If you know a shit ton of anime tropes, if you don't, you're going to be very lost. Yeah. Here, if you want to watch um, Haruhi Suzumiya, what I would recommend is going back in time, start watching anime in like third grade, and then by the time it comes out, you'll be done. You'll be good. Yeah. So, anyway. Wanna, like, you remember how I had the vote for like Beastars versus uh, Riverdale? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that versus Riverdale and end up watching that and just gonna live tweet my whole like of me watching it. Hell yeah. Dude, it's a good show. Like it it sounds interesting. It it sounds like a really fun time. It is it is fun. It's a good time. Yeah. It's it's a nice little romp. I would yeah. recommend it over other anime for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, considering how much fucking anime exists and some of the subject matter matter of that anime, then like I'd recommend a lot of things. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't remember if you recommended if I watched uh, Beastars or not. 
I did. I absolutely voted for Beastars when you did that Twitter poll because I uh, want my goal in life, Ben, is to have you be known as like the furry man on Twitter. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I goddamn believe it. Like, I've started several internet rumors that you're secretly a furry, but... <laughs> Come uh, on. <clears throat> I believe it. Yeah, I casually mention it in conversation to people who don't know you. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all have to have our hobbies. <laughs> so, okay, long-running television shows. Travis, why do you want to talk about long-running television shows? Well, today? so, I was thinking about this while watching... The Walking Dead, because I've kind of caught up with it as far as what's available kind of through streaming services and stuff. And there's a mm. few more episodes coming out tied to the most recent season that just ended um, that got delayed because of the pandemic. And then they announced that there's going to be one more season and then it's going to be over. Um, and it's 11 seasons long. And But the other thing about that is... There's a whole lot of shows that are either very good or at least, like, adequate, adequately good enough to have been on cable. Mm -hmm. But they're getting killed by season two or three by Netflix. So, basically... By God. Basically, or, or even Hulu. So, basically, what I'm, what I'm thinking of is... With the way streaming services are making content these days, is it possible that we may not see a, a series that stretches past five seasons? I think you're right, and I'm okay with that. Like, I love Stranger Things for that reason, where each season that drops is only like eight episodes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I can binge watch it in a fucking day if I want to, or I can like spread it over a couple and I get the whole story like zero filler. Now, sometimes I want filler, but not if I want filler, I'll watch anime. Right. Honestly, I'm at a point in my life and the way I consume media where if I start a new television show and it doesn't have a planned out ending, I'm not watching it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I am kind of the same way as like, I kind of agree with you, Ben, where like, I not only do I not think that there are going to be super long running television shows anymore. I also kind of don't want there to be. Like, yeah. I, let's. What does NCIS provide other than the same stock TV episode every week? Mm -hmm. That there aren't a million other shows that do the same thing and sometimes better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's just we don't need NCIS anymore, but it's a, still on the air. There's literally a hundred abbreviated television shows out there. Right. That do the exact same tropes, problems, just, and formulaic just, bullshit. Well, just a shit ton of acronyms out there that we yeah. and we don't need. And um, we honestly, don't need all these letters. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell! Like, look at what happened to Supernatural. Are there glimmers of hope after season five? Absolutely, yes. But overall, it went off the fucking rails, and um. I'm personally of the opinion that it would have been 
maybe not better for everyone involved. I don't want to be like, it would have been better for the cast because like, or the crew because who the fuck knows. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a better story if the show had ended when it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, I, I think Supernatural, like just the story of seasons one through five could right. have had a lot more like cult influence versus what it has now. Um, Supernatural now is kind of a fucking joke. Like, oh, absolutely. oh God, this is, this is going to be a hard fucking conversation. Hey fans, <laughs> time to settle in time. Hey, let's sit down together. Um, the show. Not that it was ever the most like respected show on television or prestige TV, Oh, but man. there were cat. There were people who had never really heard of Supernatural or like never really watched Supernatural, but would hear about it and be like, "Yeah, that seems like an interesting television show to watch. I might give it a, you know, I might give it a look see sometime." And now it's just kind of a meme. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, like it's by the time I started using Tumblr uh, in like 2011, no, 2012. It was mm-hmm. already kind of a meme. Like, the whole Super Hulak thing was a meme in itself already. Right. And then, towards the end of the show, it became, like, the meme was, this This is the show that won't fucking die. Yeah. It's, it's that horse being turned into glue in the fucking corner. <laughs> and so, I think Supernatural is a really good example of, like, there are just some stories now um, that just aren't meant to be there are just some stories that aren't going to fit into a long-running show style like that. And actually, I was talking about NCIS earlier, and I've not seen a whole lot of NCIS, but from what I've seen, it kind of seems like NCIS will better fit that mold because NCIS is a um, serial show. Mm -hmm. The episodes don't overlap. There's not, I mean, there are a little little overrunning stories, but overall... You know, you're solving a new mystery every week. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely serial in the fact that it's crunchy. <laughs> I I think so. the only genres that can really kind of stand the test of time are serialized crime procedurals like NCIS mm-hmm. or Law and Order and um medical dramas. Hmm. Because they're basically, um, those are basically soap operas. Like, yeah, Grey's Anatomy medical, is just a primetime soap opera. Yeah. I think medical dramas also, there's a lot of crossover with procedural crime dramas. But it's less, um, to me, it's less about the genre and more about just the way the show is styled. Yeah. Um, the way the story is structured. Yeah. Supernatural also has a lot of crossover with procedural crime dramas. It's procedural crime dramas where the, you know, the murderer is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the difference to me is that Supernatural did not go into, season one did not start with the idea that it was going to be about these two brothers who went around solving ghost crimes. It was going to be about these two brothers who had a greater destiny than themselves mm-hmm. and had to confront these dark forces that were trying to manipulate them into ending the world. 
Um, Which it's all fine and dandy, but I would have like rather the show just have been like a serial crime drama, but just freaks of the week. You know? Yeah. No over or underlying problem. Just two bros roaming Sitting around the country oh, okay. five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> says you well but i've got over a thousand million works on ao3 that say differently hmm, I, I don't it, know every joke I, on hey ass but is either about ao3 you haka show or how about how man this is the real evil yeah. oh god we've become repetitive <laughs> we've become serialized oh no 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 someone cancel us <laughs> but yeah like, that's all I wanted in a show like this is just no, just two bros hunting down monsters, just just seeing cooler and crazier monsters as time goes by. But I'm fine with what we got. It's not what I wanted, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. See, I'm the exact opposite. Like, give me that plot, baby. Give me the, give me the conspiracy of these like yeah. dark, you know, this dark shadowy organization. That just, you know, so happens to be heaven and hell trying to use, like, divine power to manipulate this family into a, an apocalypse and then give me those characters struggling against that. Love it. 10 out of 10. Like, I love It's fucking awesome. Mm. But then the question becomes, once they've finished averting the apocalypse, where do we go from here? And yeah. it turns out... Where we go from here is capitalism is the real monster. Yeah. So. (laughs) That man who's infested by worms is the real evil. Exactly. So. So I kind of, I have like sort of a hypothesis on the future of television. Hit us with it. Um, Is it injectable? Objectable? Injectable. Injectable? Oh, no. Uh, ben wants to shoot that shit up into his ball sack. I was going to do it in between my toes, but okay. Um, so what I think is going to happen is eventually cable as we know it is going to be phased out. And then we're basically going to have cable 2.0 through the internet, which is already happening in before our yeah. eyes. Um. Because you can pick and choose what packages to to pay for. True. Um, So we're going to wind up with Cable 2.0 via the internet and streaming services. And um, we're either going to get... uh, Oh, hang on. I had had a blank. We're either going to get plot-driven stories... That are, or like, there's multiple options. Plot-driven stories that have a planned-out ending that just end whenever they end. Mm. Uh, There's no, like, they could be, you know, four seasons. They could be one season. Whatever. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. plot-driven, planned-out ending, all all in one thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other, another option is... um, sitcoms that live in their own bubble and are either some kind of like social commentary sitcom or something like that that could go on forever but eventually get cut off because of like money reasons or 
anything like that. And those could be anywhere from two seasons to, I think Grace and Frankie has six seasons right now. That sounds right. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny that you wanted to talk about this today, the season seven finale, because back, 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 back in the very first episode of the show, something that I brought up was this idea that Supernatural has persevered where other shows haven't. Yeah. Where Pushing Daisies has been canceled after two season seasons and Hannibal after three, Supernatural has just trucked the fuck on. Um... And one of the things I wanted to kind of explore in this show is why, like, why this show out of every show? Surely there are better genre television shows that kind of do the same thing as Supernatural. I mean, Supernatural takes a bunch of its shit from Buffy and Buffy only lasted seven seasons Mm -hmm. and then another and then another season in the comics, technically, if you count it, you know, Um, although Buffy had something that Supernatural will never have. What's that? A successful a long... spin-off show. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how long uh, a female character that survives longer than a few seasons. Pff, fucking correct, also. Yeah. Oh my god. Most of the female characters in that show survive longer than a few seasons. Yeah. I think the reason Supernatural Not... got 15 seasons is that it was the most remarkable. It, it appealed to your straighties, your... Everyone else. <laughs> also, to say, wait, 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 where are we going yeah. with this? Yeah. What word do we use you here? Know I, you know what? I said that word, and I was like, I don't know where to go. Abort, abort, abort. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it appealed to everybody because it basically it appeals to both like men, women, everyone in between and outside of that spectrum. It's like, just oh, it's just milk toast enough for everyone to yeah. be able to get a piece. Exactly. It's the show where the sexual pushing of boundaries is a woman, a full body shot of a woman in a, you know, bra and panties. Yeah, if you're into dudes, you have the same two dudes to look at for most of the time, sometimes three or four. Yep. And uh, Misha Collins. It, well, that's what I meant by like three or four. Like, oh, okay. You got Dean, Sam, Cass, sometimes Bobby. Uh, and then like for the, if you're into ladies, you get a new one almost every week in white. It dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for laughing, Travis. <laughs> I laughed, but I was also choking on a piece of broccoli at the same time. <laughs> Good. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah. I think you had like classic rock ladies in like scantily clad white things and grizzled dudes. Um. I think that there is <clears throat> a lot to like about Supernatural, which yeah. we've talked about before and will, you know, hopefully continue talking about writers. <laughs> <coughs> Give me this, please. I'm begging you. Um But I'm interested to see kind of how our views on the show are going to change as we move into season eight, because Ben and I were actually talking about before the show began. And what the fuck? It's a finale. We might as well spend the entire time talking about Supernatural. It's fine. Um, Yeah. But uh, 
Something that Ben and I were talking about before the show began is I, before watching season seven week by week, thought this was one of the better post-season five seasons. Like, I really enjoyed it. Ah. And there are still a lot of things that I really enjoy about season seven, but watching it week by week has kind of opened my eyes to some of its flaws. Right. Mm. Um, and Ben, I know you were talking about like how you finally kind of nailed down what you didn't like about season seven when you first watched it. Yeah. Uh, I can go and you want me to go into that? Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Why the fuck not? All right. So like what rewatching it week to week, like we have, it's really shown a light on what I had trouble like nailing down. Cause I remember watching it week to week when it first came out and kind of digging it and then rewatching it a few times and like not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And what the problem with this is, one of my favorite sandwiches is a chicken salad sandwich. I know we're going places. <laughs> Just enjoy the ride with me. I love chicken salad sandwiches, guys. I really do. And season seven is like a poorly filled chicken salad sandwich. Because leviathans are fucking cool. They're fucking rad. And they're poorly utilized and barely fill half of the season. Much like a half-filled chicken salad sandwich. Oh my god. I, the name Honestly, of this episode is going to be Chicken Salad Sandwich. <laughs> yes. No, Ben, the metaphor is kind of perfect though because it's not it's not just a half-filled chicken salad sandwich because when you said half-filled what I imagined was like like a little bit of filling all spread out. Yep. But what it is is there's a little bit of filling in the first half of the sandwich that you take a bite into, and when you get to the back of the sandwich, it's all fucking filling. But it's yep. way too much at once. <laughs> it's way too thick. Yeah, fuck. Okay, see, what I imagined was it was your standard, like, you're making your chicken salad, and then, oops, you didn't chop up enough stuff, and you've already glopped way too much mayo in there. Yep. So oh, now- God! Yeah, you get that McCum shot, yeah. Yes, yeah, so but now Travis, I don't hate that sandwich this much. <laughs> so now you've got yeah. this like kind of soupy, like chicken is kind of spread out and suspended in the mayonnaise. <laughs> That's what exactly. I was imagining. Yeah. Wow, I am horrified. <laughs> well, that's what this season is, because like for a good long while, we like you, leviathans are just like a word. They barely exist as a tangible thing in the goddamn season. Yeah, like sweet fuck. You know, and it didn't have to be every episode, but more. What you got, Travis? Yeah. So basically, my biggest beef with season seven is that mm-hmm. more often than not. While watching an episode, I was just completely bored to shit out of my mind. Yes. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, there were there were moments, there would be little nuggets, little delicious bits of chicken in my mayonnaise soup nuggets yeah. that would brighten up an episode or parts of the season. But really, mm-hmm. like, oh my God. I would just... Sometimes I would literally, like, watch an episode while playing Animal Crossing because I was just like, there's not enough going on in I'm, this episode of Supernatural. Yeah. Gonna be honest, I'm looking at an episode list right now. I barely remember half of these episodes. For real. Question. I, I just looked at a list, too, and, like, 
You know, uh, you know the scene in Breath of the Wild where you find one of Link's memories? Yeah. Like, that just happened to me with season seven time for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, just I just Travis had a visceral like, flashback. Becky! Becky, don't date rape Sam. This is weird. This is fucking weird. Oh, Becky, what the fuck? So y'all remember like one of the most iconic scenes of the show where the early Leviathan, the bald guy, pours the hot molten cheese over the guy? Yes. What episode yeah. is that from? Oh, who fucking knows, uh, dude? I have no idea. It's hold on, hold on. I got this. No, no, I've, without, I without got looking this. without looking. What oh, without looking. Without right, looking, me, I'm gonna guess mm, episode six. I'm gonna guess the girl next door. You know what? I don't even have the right answer because I don't got the name. <laughs> okay. Before we get too much further into this, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be discovering, discovering, discovering all there is to discover about survival of the fittest. Travis, what's it about? Sam and Dean go to a planet fitness and they're trying to get buff, but it's fucking pizza day at Planet Fitness, and everyone who works at Planet Fitness is like, no, you can't use the machines! It's pizza day! You have to eat pizza! No exercise! I'm sorry. What day is happening at Planet Fitness? Pizza day. It's a pizza day. What? Why are they having pizza day? It's a gym. You can look it up. They do shit like that. Oh my god, Planet Fitness has got the rub on like what keeps their what keeps people coming to Planet Fitness. Yeah. It's pizza. It's pizza. Guys, this and whole time. Uh, okay. It's Monday. I mean, Holy to be shit. fair, that's how they would get me too. Alright, Travis, no. I don't know if that's what's gonna happen, but I sure as shit hope it does. <laughs> Before we go to break, mon- first Mondays of the month are pizza days at Planet what Fitness. The f- it's a real what thing. What the fuck, yep. guys? Yeah. Planet yep. Fitness, and what the ba- fuck? And free bagels the second Tuesday of every month. Jesus All Christ. Alright, I'm gonna continue doing So it's doing immediately the- pizza day followed by free bagel day? Holy shit. <laughs> No, uh, Free Bagel Day is the following week. Oh, the following week. Oh, the second Tuesday. I gotcha. But still, that's pretty... God. I'm going to continue doing the exercise I normally do, laying in bed crying, thinking about getting up and exercising, and then taking a depression nap for three hours. Don't mind me. (laughs) You know, anxiety burns calories. You're damn right it does. Bye! Season finale, season finale, season finale, season finale. I'm like, I, uh, fucking cliffhangers, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. I feel oh, like. Oh, fuck, this is going to be a short fucking episode. Yeah. You know what would have been <laughs> yeah. a better ending for this episode? Uh, a better ending for this episode is. They just kill Dick, and it's done, and then they get to blow up the lab, and we're done with all of it. We don't have to have any carryover. You know what? You're not wrong, but if you stick with the the Dick blast, the cum shot, if you will, 
and uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then you still have Dane go to purgatory. He just has like, like Castiel wake him up. If it was just quicker, if like Cast didn't have time to explain where they were, if it had just been faster. Oh yeah, I gotta say cooler. Cast pulled something of a dick move just leaving Dean by himself. What the fuck was up with that, Cast? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure he's got some weird fucking omniscient reason for doing so. Some but weird angel bullshit. All I can imagine now is Dean is in a place where everything that is there wants him dead because he has killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to their place. It's anywhere that's not on 65 in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to that place. It's my local Planned Parenthood. Am I right, guys? Boom, boom. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. I can't get pregnant, but that's neither hither nor thither. Okay, so. <laughs> um, yeah, this episode ended with a bit of a bang. Hey, Wink. Because Dick mean, it, exploded. He did explode. Yep. Um, and Dean and Cass ended up in purgatory, which, like, I wish the instruction manual they had received had maybe, I don't know, given them some... Like a heads up. Yeah, like, hey, j- just FYI, if you blow Dick up and you're close to him, you're going to end up in purgatory. Yeah. yeah. If you blow Dick up, you'll end up with a facial. It wasn't your best. <laughs> it made me giggle. <laughs> Fuck the both of you. Um, I have to say, the the climax of this episode felt a little rushed, a little ruined even. It felt a little flaccid. Well, I feel like we had been spending so long like anticipating this point and really looking forward to it, and then it finally happened. Just kind of disappointing at the end. Um, yeah. So, so much shit happens in this episode, and it honestly feels like a chicken salad sandwich (laughs) that is loaded in the back half of the bread. This this should Um, have been two sandwiches, is what we're getting at. This definitely should have been two sandwiches. First of all, everything to do with Bobby should have been handled last episode. Oh, absolutely. Or, better yet, not a thing at all. Bobby should have just gone off into that good fucking night in Death's Door. It was a great ending for him. It left him on a really high note. And instead, they fucking ruined it by, again, dragging his carcass around. Do you see that? Do you see Bobby in the corner? He's being turned into glue, too, right next to the fucking horse. Like, yeah. Um, over it was never a fan of him showing up as a ghost. Like, just not into it. So he, I don't remember, honestly, if we talked about this much last episode, because it wasn't really important. He has decided to possess a motel um, maid and go fight Dick himself. This is a decision that leads to absolutely fuck all. Yeah, we may have touched on it, just the fact that it happened, but... Yeah. Yeah, it, it, like, it literally leads to nothing, because... Sam catches him before he goes in and talks him out of it, or he mm-hmm. doesn't really talk him out of it. Basically, Bobby sees a reflection of himself choking Sam to death and is like, oh no, what am I doing? Yeah. 
This is my second least favorite child. <laughs> and then, uh, and then basically he goes back and talks to Sam and Dean and is like, look, you got to get rid of me because I'm going vengeful. Yeah. And I, I did like his, I liked the way he talked about that. Because yeah. he, you know, the way he was like, you know, I thought I could do it better. Like he basically, he thought he was better than that, even though it's kind of like the natural order for ghosts to become yeah. vengeful. Uh, so um, he was just like basically following his nature. But then also the way he described it as an itch you can never scratch. Like, yeah, that was that was a really good uh, simile for being a vengeful spirit. Honestly, maybe I'm just a fucking moron, but it wasn't until that moment that I realized that what Supernatural was trying to do this season with Bobby was the whole, you can't, um, revenge only leads to more pain. Yeah. And Yeah, but there's so many better ways to do that. Agreed. Also, does it like, really work here? Yeah. <laughs> because... Dick has to go. He is planning on wholesale slaughtering the entire human race. Like, yeah. Dick's Dick's he's he is planning on turning humanity into a into livestock. This is Bobby killing Dick. It's 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 like Bobby was saying at the end, "Hey, go kill Dick, but not out of revenge." Do it out of this other reason. But who cares? Dick's yeah. gotta die either way. It might as well be revenge. It might um, as well be because he killed... Well, you know, quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, killed Cass and then ki- actually killed Bobby. Why not? I feel like <clears throat> the that theme that you just touched on could have been handled by Dean and Cass in an entirely different arc, separate of anything that happened in season seven. Like there could be a whole season on Dean learning this lesson. Actually, I feel like, you know, there actually way better. I'm going to go ahead and mention a television show that kind of did this. Like the whole, you can't, Yes, there are bad people in the world, and yes, it might be your job to stop them to prevent greater evil, but you can't do things out of revenge because it makes you reckless and it makes you ignore your advice, the advice from the loved ones around you. And that show was actually called Supernatural, and it was season four with Sam. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) 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 Oh, man, you fucking pulled the rug out from under me on that one. Um, am I not fucking right though? Is this not a rehash of Sam and Lilith from season four? God, you're so right. And Sam had people, had Dean, the person he was trying to revenge, be like, slow the fuck down. You were going to cause, you were going to get yourself killed. You're going to cause greater issues for yourself whatever, etc. And he was so blinded by his desire to revenge himself against Lilith that he didn't listen to them. Is that not what Bobby does this fucking season? Except it doesn't work as well because he's the one revenging and then they also kind of do like, they also kind of had this idea that maybe Dean was going to get revenge. 
But then Dean dropped that after an episode because I guess with Bobby still around, even as a ghost, why do you need to get revenge on? Exactly. Like, it just is. (sighs) Muddled at best. Yeah. I still really liked the line, don't do it for revenge, do it because it's the job. Yeah. And I actually feel like that kind of gives the vibe onto how it plays out. How it's like, it's not a super big deal what happens. It's just, you know, Dean stabs him and the job's done. Like, that's their day-to-day life. Yeah. Um... For you, it was the worst moment of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. Except it's yeah. Sam and Dean saying that to Dick, which honestly would have been such a badass moment. Hell yes. Like, if Dick's, like, railing against all of the injustice in the world, and then Dean's just like, this is my fucking job, bro. You think you're special? <laughs> you ain't jack shit. I've stood in front of the devil and said, fuck you. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um... I also liked the moment where Bobby was like, when it's time to go, go. Uh, And that I feel like was definitely the lesson that Bobby, you know, actually needed to learn this season. (laughs) It was the ghost of Eric Kripke screaming at the future. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Kripke's not dead, but he projected himself. Yep. Eric Kripke projecting through Jim Beaver. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. So you know, sometimes the show's natural lifespan is five seasons, and that's okay, guys. That's Very okay. True. Yeah. Um, you know what show was five seasons? That was great. Breaking Bad. Mm. I'm trying to think of other short-term shows that were delightful and you know not very long. Gravity Falls. Hannibal. True. The Um, The Sopranos is like seven seasons and it's pretty good. I mean, West Wing is seven seasons, but it's actually totally perfect because it's chronicling the, you know, um, the term of two, like the term of a two term president. I say this. And it starts a year in. But that last season. Bruh. Oh, yeah, Eric's, I mean, Aaron yeah, Sorkin the, leaving the show definitely did not help. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it like, The West Wing, it made sense for it to be uh, seven, se- seven seasons long. Yeah. Right. Um, I will also go ahead and say that um, the moment where, like, that poor woman, whose name we never fucking learn... Oh yeah, is never. begging Bobby to let her go home, and Bobby's like, "Sorry, I need you." Genuinely terrifying and creepy. Oh yeah. yes, you Both know that. When that moment happened, I was like, "Oh, I, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if it went one like it kind of went one eighty from what I wanted to happen, which was, oh, Bobby's gonna be vengeful now, and we're gonna have to deal with that next episode." Yeah. Oh, her name's Louise. I found it on IMDb. Oh, she has a name tag. Oh. She has I don't her read. She has her hotel staff name tag. That's how we yeah. know. So, um Yeah, I mean 
is this i guess travis the question is is this it for bobby like are we gonna see him again outside I of mean, like at this you know point, fucking probably who fucking knows <laughs> Do I want him to be gone forever? Yes, I wanted him to be gone forever at death's door. But But here we are, him not being gone forever. So I've, 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 I've gone, I've walked the path of foolishness thinking that a character could be dead forever. So no, we're definitely going to see Jim Beaver on screen more because he's too fucking popular so i mean he is excellent i literally made a meme a couple weeks ago where i was like bobby carries the whole the weight of the whole show on his back yeah (laughs) and i stand by it as you should so but he um the flask burns and bobby gets unvenged Mm-hmm. banished to wherever ghosts go when they their last thing tying them to this earth you know gets destroyed um and uh that's it for now at least it was a touching moment mm-hmm. it kind of feels appropriate that this is happening on sarah gamble's last episode she did write this by the way yes. which you know we knew but just saying it um you know, this is the last time that we're going to see him, at least for now. So, who knows? Who knows what comes next? Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, Cass. Yeah. So, Cass... I still can't fucking figure him out. I can't figure out what's going on with him. Do you have ben, do you want to kind of take over what the fuck? What the fuck is up with Cass? I kind of want to let Travis guess. Like, what do you? What kind of guesses do you think? Or what? What do you think is wrong with Cass? Or do you have any ideas? I mean, like, like around. What I'm guessing is Cass is basically in hardcore denial or not denial mode. Cause he's not denying that he did it, hmm. but he's in like, <sighs> he's, he's guilty. It's yeah. He's, it's like, he's operating in guilty safe mode hmm. yeah. and he's just trying his best to not confront the situation he created. I feel like we talked about this, but it almost feels like Cass is pretending a little bit. Mm -hmm. Affecting a sort of, like, craziness to be an armor against what he's done. I think we talked about that last episode. Or two episodes ago. We had to talk about that, yeah. Yeah. I could see it as some sort of trauma response, and maybe that's how it's supposed to be kind of, like seen as yeah um although i did like when um when him and dean were going to get the impala Mm -hmm. i liked when Cass had that thought about uh punishment reincarnation like basically he's living this sisyphusian lifestyle where 
he's going to mess something up and then die and then be reincarnated to have to face it. And the cycle never mm-hmm. ends. And that's that's a cool idea. Um, let's... I kind of want to touch on the no one cares that you're broken scene. Mm. Um, this is Cass deep in denial. He's making sandwiches for Sam and Dean. And at this point, Crowley, who finds out that Cass and Meg are still alive, that Sam and Dean have known that Cass and Meg are still alive, Uh has kind of let the beans spill on the fact that Sam and Dean are going to need Cass to defeat Dick. Um, and while Cass is busy denying basically the reality of the situation and the reality of what he's done, Dean comes back at him with, no one cares that you're broken. Lads, how are we feeling about that? I don't like it as a stance on mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it to me, it was a very... Um, it was like when you tell someone you're depressed and then they come back at you with everyone feels sad. Yeah. Yeah. Go go out to the woods, friend. Yeah. It was just really disheartening. I liked, um, honestly, the moment between Dean and Cass that I liked more this episode was Dean inviting Cass to go get the Impala with him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Dean... So, Dean goes up to Cass, and Cass is like, I'm not fighting anymore. And Dean's like, I'm not going to ask you to. I just want to see if you... I just want to ask if you want to run an errand. When he said that, I was like, (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. This is absolutely Dean's last-ditch attempt to get Cass to go with them. And... I mean, maybe, maybe there's another interpretation of that. Um, maybe you personally believe that Dean that that wasn't what Dean was doing; that he wasn't trying to get Cass to go with him; that he really was just trying to invite him out. Um, but I much preferred that moment because it felt more genuine. It felt more um, well, not genuine, but it, it felt like Dean was trying to make an effort to get down on Cass's level. Um, and instead of being belligerent, just coming to him and being like, we need you, I need you to come fight this fight with me. We're Mm. not going to win if you don't, and people are going to die. And that is a much more, it's definitely, look, personally, if I had a friend who I needed to go kill this monster with me and they just refused to do it because they were going through, you know, some mental health stuff. I would definitely approach them with that and maybe not the, Hey, no one, ca- no one cares about yeah. how you feel. No one gives a yeah. fuck, bro. Let's so, get this milk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I, I want to expand on what you just said. Cass spent all of his time trying to play board games or just like looking at nature just existing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he kept trying to invite Dean and Sam to come do that with him yeah is it possible that like like what you just said with Dean like genuinely asking Castiel to 
come with him to do something that doesn't have to do with fighting. Mm-hmm. Castiel just wanted to exist with Sam and Dean without any ulterior motive. I would say that's absolutely spot on. I mean, yeah. at this point in the show, Cat, like Sam and Dean is like that's Cass's family. And yeah, he's hurt them and yeah, he's betrayed them and again, what's a little genocide between friends? That yeah. is one of the themes of this season. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because what wasn't, I feel like there was something last season that happened where Castiel was basically like, you guys only talk to me when you need me. Mm-hmm. And, but, and this is Cass coming back with, if you're going to talk to me, you're going to have to not need anything from me. Yeah. yeah. You do it on my terms. Yeah. Yeah. But it also feels very like, to me, Cass's actions in season six, not that they excuse them because he definitely fucked up. Um, to me, Cass's actions in season six have definitely felt like the end game is everyone I care about is safe. I've created a better world for my brethren, you know, a world where they mm-hmm. get to be free and experience the same freedom I do. And um, at the end of the day, what I want is to spend time with my my loved ones who at this point Mm. includes Sam and Dean. Like he genuinely loves them. He genuinely does want to spend time with them. And that's something that's so like heartbreaking and also extremely touching because I don't think he can, at least in the beginning of this episode, really face um, why they're so betrayed by what he's done and so hurt by him. Um not that this, like, excuses Cass's actions, because, like, again, he did commit some light genocide. Also, <laughs> he lied and gaslit Sam and Dean all of season six. Also, he broke Sam's wall. Uh, I was about to be like, also, he pulled Sam out of hell without his soul. But no, that wasn't his intention. And we're not going to blame people for things they accidentally did or were manipulated into doing. True. Yeah. We're not Supernatural the show. <laughs> so We're better than that. We're Supernatural the podcast. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Hey Ass but one of the many Supernatural podcasts <laughs> that exist. <laughs> so please listen to them as well for different perspectives. There we are go. not the end-all be-all on Supernatural opinions. So... Um, but yeah, uh, where do you think they're going to go next with Cass, Travis? Where, what, where is season oh, eight Cass? boy. I mean, he's in purgatory right now, like, currently. Yeah. Oh, boy. I feel like season eight Cass is going to be a lot more demanding of respect than we've seen him previously. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's basically, like, I like, I mean, I'm reiterating myself here. That's what he's been trying to do this whole time. Yeah. Uh, is get the respect of Sam and Dean without them needing him. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting point. So, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see a much more, like, socially aggressive cast, like... Um, 
just a cast who's like not gonna take any shit unless Sam and Dean are willing to be Meet nice. Him? Yeah. yeah. They they gotta be nice to him for reals. Yeah, yeah. they'll be bros to him, yeah. And not just use him like a tool. Mm-hmm. I definitely do think that on some level, like this is not to say that I think that Sam and Dean don't care about Cass, but they definitely um, get a little uh, dogged in their attempt to, like, save everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Cass being such a convenient tool for them can kind of, you know, they do sometimes treat him like a makes it easy button. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like a, a person with feelings. A, yeah. And like other shit going on. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he also betrayed them and they're going to have complicated feelings about that. Rightfully. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, this is not one of those issues where it's like the blame kind of falls on everyone because at the end of the day, Cass, Cass committed like genocide. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. fucked up the hardest. Everybody fucked up, but he fucked up the hardest. He definitely fucked up the hardest. Also, again, the react, the appropriate reaction to your friends not inviting you to Parcheesy Night is not <laughs> become a megalomaniac. Like yeah. it just isn't. I am really sorry, guys. Also, while we're on the subject, the appropriate reaction to being bullied is not becoming a megalomaniac. Again, I apologize with <laughs> these hard truths I got. These hard, um, hard facts. Yeah. I had another... Oh, Travis, I have another question for you. Yes. How are we feeling in terms of Sam girl, Dean girl, or Cass girl? What? Because I'm a Sam girl. <sighs> Ben's a Dean girl. Hmm. What kind of girl are you? I think I'm still going to have to go with being a Sam girl. Yeah. Because, I mean, Dean just doesn't do it for me. He's a dickhead. I feel like I've manipulated you into this, but also (laughs) I know that you are a fully formed person who has made his own opinions. I feel like you're just backtracking the second half, but okay. Okay. <laughs> nah, no. I mean, like... <laughs> you're just mad because he doesn't agree with you. <laughs> you know what? I got Scott on my side, and I'll take that. That's true. You do have Scott on Secret yeah. fourth host Scott is uh, very clearly a Dean girl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I understand Dean's appeal, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't do it for me. That's fair. Yeah. I like I like Sam a little bit better than I like Dean. Yeah. So mm. Sam fucks up too though. Oh god, does he fuck up? Oh yeah, big time. So. I mean like everyone fucks up. That's yeah. that's drama. People yeah. fucking up all the time. Exactly. People fucking up and then lying about it and then being discovered that they lied about it. The cycle right. continues. Yeah, the yeah. sitcom dream, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> Also, in a lot of ways, Supernatural is a tragedy. That's not a comment on how the finale goes, by the way, Travis. <laughs> That's actually a comment on how the original finale goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, and I'm sure you've heard, the Supernatural finale is 
tragic, but it is not a tragedy. <laughs> it's a tragedy that it took so long. It's a um, tragedy that it happened, but it's not a tragedy in the like the traditional sense. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely see, especially like seasons one through five, how yeah. it is a it's like a theatrically tragic story. So tragedies um, often have characters who. So if you look at Sam as the pro- main protagonist of seasons one through five, which he definitely is, and I will not be taking any criticism on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he tragedies have a point of no return and a character who through their own hubris does something so irredeemable that they can only be redeemed in death, which is exactly what happens with Sam. Yes. He starts out this little, you know, doe eyed puppy dog. And then through gains power becomes extremely proud in that power causes a bunch of death and then his only re- and then his redemption comes through stopping Lucifer and dying. Um, these are characters who don't get to be happy. They mm-hmm. make a ton of mistakes and they fuck up. Um, and those mistakes are not fixable. Yeah. And quite frankly, like impossible to go back from. That, to me, is part of the reason why Dean has the, quote-unquote, happy ending at the end of season five. Because mm-hmm. every decision that he made was not due to his own pride, well, meh, arguable, but was due to love of other people and a willingness to protect them. Again, we're going to bunny ears that. Because I personally think that a lot of Dean's decisions were made out of selfishness. Like the decision to bring ba- Sam back at the end of season two was right. more about Dean not willing to live by himself than yeah. what Sam wanted. But that's just like mm-hmm. a personal, like whatever. <sighs> Anyways, sorry. Aside over, let's talk <laughs> about um, Crowley and Dick, the very beginning of the episode. Oh, man. That whole sequence is great. Just going through the whole the bill and everything that or the whole deal that they were signing rather my bad been reading a lot of politics lately if you can't tell yeah <laughs> um yeah i really it was basically like two bullshitters trying to out bullshit each other yeah right and that was great i loved when when he pulled out that long ass scroll okay. <laughs> he was just like well these are my terms <laughs> Like, fucking iconic. Yeah, fuck. And then, uh, Dick Roman Leviathan, being the business savvy man that he is, picks it apart with a, like, a fine tooth comb. Crowley, um, def- since his introduction in season five and then his ascension to the King of Hell at, the, um, at season six, has definitely spent a lot of time, um, What's the word I want to use here? Bureaucratizing? Yeah. Hell? All the demons wear suits. Everything's based off of complicated deals now. If sometime next season it was revealed that, like, Crowley didn't actually take evil people anymore and only took people who, like, fucked themselves into hell through a demon deal, I would not be shocked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and honestly, seeing him in that scene with Dick, going through everything, notarizing the paperwork, uh, making the deal, it felt very like a contractor making a deal with the U.S. government. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I loved it. 10 out of 10. Yeah, that was great. Everything Crowley does this episode is amazing, other than splitting up my favorite ship. How how is MXDL supposed to become canon now? Ah, yes. How is my 50,000 word fanfic supposed to become reality now? (laughs) Megan's not um... doing so hot, is what I'm saying. I, I also liked when Dick offered Canada for all of the demons. Like, yes. That was, that was good. I feel like that was, it was a fun little goof on the fact that they film it in Canada. Mm-hmm. I, so I just, I thought that was great. Um, that was, that was excellent. Uh, Honestly, Crowley is definitely getting the worst end of the deal, and he knows it, mm-hmm. um, which is why he gets rid of Dick, you know? Ultimately doesn't portray the Winchesters. Yeah. Because that's Dick's deal. Dick knows that the Winchesters are going to be after Crowley's blood. Um, he knows about the god weapon. Kevin told him last episode you know mm-hmm. not that we're blaming kevin for that he's six you know like 17 years old yeah. um don't shoot the messenger yeah yeah uh and i have to say watching um dick basically have to go back to crowley after being like you're the scum of the fucking like multiverse and i hate you yeah uh, Watching him have to crawl back to Crowley and be like, I said what exactly? No, I would never. (laughs) I love demons. You guys are my favorite. Um, Was honestly a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, It's nice to see Dick kind of get the swarmy smile knocked off his face. Oh, yeah. Which is why the end was so satisfying. Um even if it was a little rushed. Uh, the the fake-out bone stab was really good. I did yeah. really like that. Yeah. For Honestly, it kind of got me. When Dean stabbed him with the first bone and it, nothing happened, I was like, oh no, Crowley did portray them. What? Ha- how? <laughs> you know what the thought that played in my head was when that happened? Uh-huh. Uh, Dick takes the he takes the bone out of his body and he breaks it in half and I go God we're gonna have to deal with him at the beginning of season 8 oh god <laughs> oh my god okay uh, are you telling me that Dick took two bones at once <laughs> not at once one after uh, the other oh, okay. he, t- he took one he took one from under, and then he took one in the throat. Can I please have my DP joke, Travis? Nah. Just this once. Come on. <laughs> As a I, treat for me. His uh, his throat bone did go all the way through. That's true. <laughs> That's, you know what, that's fair. 
Oh, a, it is about time that Dick took Dick. Yeah. yeah. It's the best time um, Dick got beat. He yep. got a good boning. So, I loved Crowley this episode. Such a swarmy, manipulative asshole. He could absolutely have just popped in front of the real Dick and stabbed him in the throat with a bone. But why would he do that? He has people to do that for him. And yep. Sam and Dean are right fucking there. Absolutely poised to do it for him. So easy to manipulate. Like little starburst angels. What beautiful idiots. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> um, Kevin gets rescued for about 2.5 seconds. So that was exciting. Yeah. That was exciting. He gets rescued by Sam and then immediately gets kidnapped by Crowley. Oh boy. Do I smell a princess peach in our future? <laughs> well, see, I don't... I guess, what does... I guess that's the question now. What does Crowley need with Kevin? Like, what could he possibly need? Um... I guess that's a question for season eight. Yeah. I guess so. Besides the fact that it's some form of a bargaining chip, like, I don't understand his... I don't follow his logic there. But, yeah, I guess that's a season eight problem now, huh? Yeah. Uh, real quick, let's talk about um, least favorite scenes because we've been very complimentary of this episode and I feel like we need to tone down this positivity so let's talk about some <laughs> shit we did not like uh, ben, well, what we already talked us? about how we didn't like the whole Bobby situation right oh yeah that's true things we didn't like about this episode as a whole yeah uh, not necessarily the season because we've kind of talked about in yeah. the A section that we thought the season as a whole was kind of weak the chicken sandwich mm -hmm. thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the special effects of the of the dick explosion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It wasn't just weird; it just didn't look good. Like I feel like it should have been a better fake out, or they should have committed to a fake out better. Yeah. Because it felt like everybody was like, oh, Dick's not done. The, he's not done yet. Dick, we've, we haven't seen the last of Dick. Dick can go all night long. Exactly. <laughs> you can beat that Dick as hard as you can, but he still won't go down. Um, yeah. But, like, it just that face and everything that he's making, that weird laugh. If it, they should have just committed to a fake out. It's like my main point with that. I also didn't like the special effects on the bottle or the flask when they were when it was melting. Body. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, what is this? A fucking rubber flask? What yeah, it was bullshit? like, is it made of lead? Why is it melting like that? Yeah, it's got a low ass melting point. Shit. So I thought it was a metal flask with like a uh, like some leather accents, but it yeah. melted well, like you're right. It melted like fucking plastic. I think it was in some sort of like leather carrying case. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I guess it was made out of, like, aluminum or something. Like, you can melt aluminum in your backyard. Yeah. Mm, but, yeah, I guess and it that was would that. And uh, that would be appropriate for Bobby to own, you know, not necessarily being, like, a billionaire himself. 
Um, Because I I can't see it being, like, pure silver or anything. No. I will go ahead and say... uh, That my least favorite moment of the episode was definitely everything to do with Polly. Yeah, that was really unnecessary. It was... Absolutely creepy, and I mean, that's definitely the effect they were going for, so in that case, good job, Mr. Singer and Miss Gamble. Good fucking job. But also, um, so Polly is this little blonde, thin, thin blonde girl. How old is Polly, do you think? Uh, same age as Kevin. Okay, yeah, so age, 17, yeah. yeah. 17, 18, yeah. 17, 18. Polly is high out of her mind, eating a Slim Jim, and then later is told to change into a dress where she is brought before Dick's board of trustees, who are, of course, all Leviathan and happily munching on orphan sushi. Yeah. Uh, where then she is then told to strip out of her clothes and while standing there in nothing but her underwear is killed through poison Mm. that, uh, felt wholly unnecessary supernatural. We already know the Leviathans are evil. Yeah. What stakes were upped? I mean, I guess that there's going to be a, a, a genocide, but we already knew that was going to happen. Yeah, at at this point, there was no reason. There was no reason for any of the scenes with Dick talking to the other like head leviathans. We oh well, okay. The only reason for this scene was mm-hmm. to show that all of the leviathans were in one place at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, was I would have I would have been okay with this scene if Polly had been older. But mm-hmm. y'all are right. She reads as somebody who's fucking Kevin's age and Kevin is a teenager in the show's universe. Yeah. Because so, when what when she fuck? is brought into the room with Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin kind of has this moment where he's like, "Oh man, it's someone who's, you know, similar to me yeah like it that that's how it read to me when she was brought in uh yeah, to kevin's room because kevin was like hey i'm kevin what's your name mm-hmm. and, and like tries to like be friendly with her because it's someone that's his age and he's like kind of relieved at this for a moment yeah that he might have somebody to plan with and escape with yeah mm-hmm. so but then it's revealed that she's high out of her fucking mind yeah on the sucro shit Dick's plan, by the way, is um, a bunch of tiny little coffee creamers that are slow acting, going to kill everybody who's fit, um, has an IQ higher of 150, um, and a high metabolism, essentially, Uh, because he wants the perfect livestock, which is dumb, fat, and happy. Oh, oh, and he also, on the whiteboard, vertically challenged was on there, so he's getting rid of all the short people, too. Yes, he is getting rid of all short people, and I'm glad to know that in this universe where Dick wins, I fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, Dick. Um, 
So we really got everything with Dick. Eugenics, genocide, cheesy, like, corporate culture lines. Yeah. Dick jokes. What more do you want out of a villain, Travis? Ben, what more do y'all want? Um, could he fly? I think Dick was pretty fly for Dick a white guy. Fly. Oh my god. <laughs> Bro, you walked right into that guy there. That yeah, you set me up. Ah. You set me up. Don't Damn. don't sigh. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, uh, I liked Kevin a lot this episode too. Kevin was pretty um, pretty spectacular himself? actually. Oh yeah, he was on top of it. I liked his "I'm vegan" line. Yes. Because, like, oh. if he had eaten that burger, he would have been just like Polly. Yeah. Yeah. That is something I was not crazy about, was that they brought him a bottle of water and a burger. It's super yeah. important. <laughs> Jesus. Bring him a Coke. Yeah. They Coke. brought him a bottle of water just so that actor, who probably couldn't get to craft services. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, in the scene, he drinks from the bottle of water, and he was probably so thirsty. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, yeah. Kevin. Uh, the moment that I really loved from Kevin this episode is Sam comes and saves him and is like, all right, we need to get out of here. And Kevin is like, no, we need to go blow up their coffee creamer lab because it's full of poison. Yeah, that was awesome. Like that was Kevin kind of swooping 10. in to save the day. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. I really like Kevin as a character. Um. Because we talked about this last season, Sam and Dean don't know anything. Oh my god. Total fucking himbos. Like, it's amazing they've made it this far, because they they don't know jack shit. The himbo brigade. The himbo Um, brogade. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, But I gotta say, um, Kevin really... Really has some good moments this episode. Um, I like how he picks the lock in an attempt to escape. That was pretty rad. And, um, yeah, I like Kevin a lot as a character, and I'm excited to see more of him. So, even if he is kidnapped by Crowley. He is probably another one of my favorite tertiary characters, and I forgot how much I loved him. Yeah. Um... There should absolutely be a Lifetime movie called Kidnapped by Crowley. <laughs> the Supernatural movie, 15 seasons in a movie, I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch it. So, if they make a Supernatural movie, we absolutely have to riot. Do you hear me? No. Riot. Mm-hmm. I'd watch that movie. I ain't rioting. Fuck. Wait, is it a prequel or a sequel? Ooh. If it's a prequel, I am in. You don't want a sequel? I yeah. think it should just be a midquel. <laughs> it should be like the. It should be like the Cowboy Bebop movie. It's just kind of in the middle somewhere. I, I think that. it should be about Bobby. Mm. Before he meet before mm. he meets John. Or, how he met John. Ooh, that's even better. I'm, I'd I'm be like into that. that. Yeah. Um. What else about this episode? Capitalism is finally defeated. Yeah. <laughs> death well, death capitalism fuck. Travis, can we please have some like 
Russian-sounding socialist music playing. <laughs> yes. In the background. Like, it'll have to be, you know, free use or whatever. Not copyrighted. I'll do a, I'll tag it and then convert it into MIDI. That's... Thank I'll you. I'll do that. Please. I think that would be really good. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Dick's gone and the rest of the Leviathan are back, are, are floundering. Yep. Uh, Dean and Cass are in purgatory. Kevin's been kidnapped by Crowley. Meg's been kidnapped by Crowley. Honestly, the true winner of this episode is fucking Crowley. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're leading into Crowley kind of being the big bad for at least the first half of next season. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, sort of big. Because next season we're going to have to deal with Dean and Cass getting out of Purgatory. And Sam is probably going to have to be dealing with Crowley on his own. Yeah. Or... Sam is going to have to try to convince Crowley to get Dean and Cass out of Purgatory. I could honestly definitely go with like an episode or two where Sam and Crowley kind of have to team up or better yet where Sam manipulates Crowley. I would be, I would be for that. That would be awesome. That That would be cool as shit. Um, let's kind of talk about, let's kind of talk about something we haven't really touched on. And that is the fact that, this is Sarah Gamble's last episode of Showrunner on Supernatural. She yeah. doesn't completely leave the show at this point. I think she stays on as an executive producer for a little bit. But, like, Sarah Gamble's reign is over. And next up are two co-showrunners, Jeremy Carver and Robert Singer. Interesting. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at Jeremy Carver real quick and some of the stuff What's that he he's done? done yeah specifically as a writer on supernatural in season 3 he wrote sin city okay a very supernatural christmas all right mystery spot with emily mclaughlin Okay. And Long Distance Call. Uh. In season four, he wrote In the Beginning. Family Remains. Death Takes a Holiday. And The Rapture. In season Uh five, he wrote Free to Be Be You and Me. Changing Mm. Channels. Okay. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. And Point of No Return. Uh huh. He became showrunner in season eight, and wrote the first episode of season eight and the last, and then was showrunner for season nine, ten, and eleven. Okay. Um. He also uh, left to go work on sci-fi's beginning human being human. Ugh, oh. God, words. Um, which is of course notable for being a show that Mark Pellegrino was in. Where he was a character <laughs> who appeared in the show 
either died or was otherwise incapacitated, and they became a hallucination for another character. That is one of Mark Pellegrino's extremely specific typecasting. Hell yeah. Um, how do you kind of, uh, Ben, what are your thoughts on Jeremy Carver? He doesn't have a really good batting average, but boy, when he swings, he fucking swings. At the very least. Yeah. Hmm. Like. I mean, he seems to have have done a lot of, with Gabriel as a character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he did Mystery Spot and Changing Channels. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm interested to see where that energy will take us. Mm Mm-hmm. This is true. Uh, Although I also, so this, saying that gave me another fucking Breath of the Wild Link flashback (laughs) to uh, talking about Stephen Moffat starting to be the showrunner for Doctor Who after he did episodes like Blink. And how well that fucking went. Yep. (laughs) So, just gotta say, just had the same energy vibe from that one. Um, I am hopeful going into season eight. Oh, yeah? I'm hopeful because... I have made it very well known that I was not a huge fan of of the Jeremy Carver era, and I stand by most of what I've said, particularly what I've said about season 10. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I remember season 6 and season 7 fondly, and watching it week by week versus binging it has definitely opened my eyes up to some of the flaws of season 6 and season 7 that I didn't see before because I was going through the show so quickly. Yeah. I am hoping that the exact opposite happens with season 8 that because I'm not binging it because I'm being forced to watch it week by week I en- I enjoy it more and instead see more of what's good about it. Because um, there are people whose favorite season is season 8. I don't get it. But I- I'm hoping I get to see what they see. Hmm. Um... Do you guys want to talk a little bit about Sarah Gamble and then we can kind of get into the freak of the week? And yeah, uh, uh, this is this is it for Sarah Gamble. She she was the showrunner for season six and seven. She wrote some of my favorite episodes in seasons one through five, including the season two parter finale um, for season two, which was yeah. amazing. Uh, but on the whole, you know, wasn't a huge fan of her her show running which is really a shame because i like a lot of what uh, other stuff she's done and i think she's an excellent writer overall um where where are y'all at i i kind of agree i think her strengths lie in single episodes or like kind of serialized episodes Mm -hmm. um but when it episodes, yeah. when it comes to an overarching plot, she kind of misses the she misses it a little bit. Yeah. But I think her getting her feet wet here on Supernatural helped her realize what her strengths and weaknesses are for the magicians. I can see that. Um 
I also will go ahead and say she was handed Supernatural at a pretty tumultuous time. This is true. And season six wasn't supposed to happen, so it was kind of rushed. Um, yeah. So I can't falter entirely for that. And season six did give us the French mistake, some other good moments and episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's and like, of course, you know how you'll get that, that uh, good chicken salad from Whole Foods and it like has the grape in it? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Ben, what do you think? I think y'all are right. I think she's at her best when she can deal with like one episode. Mm-hmm. Just, and she wasn't handed the best show or the best time to be at the reins of Supernatural. I think yeah. if she had gotten a hold of. Because she didn't do six... Did she do season six and seven? Yes. Oh, fuck me. Because yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to compliment her, but there's really no way to do that. Because, <laughs> like... <sighs> season six is just a butthole, and season seven is a shit sandwich. Mm. That fell out of... And, yeah, a, a shit sandwich that fell out of that same butthole. Yep. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. And I think from what I've seen of the magicians, because she did the whole run of the show, right? Uh, Yes, yeah, she was the showrunner for the entire show. From what I've seen of the magicians, it's a pretty like well-done show. It looks good. I like mm-hmm. the dialogue. It seems playful yet uh, poignant. But her on Supernatural was just... It was, it was good training wheels to bigger and brighter things. Yeah. Because it was it was already established. It it had, it already wanted to die once, uh, and was kept on life support with season six, and that was just. <sighs> but... It was almost like supernatural hung on to this stupid little flask prop and it just kept going for a little while longer than it should have. Yeah, it was like uh, somebody made a demon deal to keep this bitch going. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, she gave us an entire season where capitalism was the true monster. I mean, yeah. And I can't be mad at her for that. That's fair. Like, it it took a ride to get to it, but yeah, I can dig that. Um, are y'all ready for a Freak of the Week that's been almost an entire season coming? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's finally talk about fucking Leviathans. Leviathans! Uh, please be patient with me on this sum up, because I left all of my notes at work. Uh, and I will be doing this from memory, so let's fucking do it. (laughs) All right. So, a Leviathan is not black goo that possesses people, at least not in the traditional sense. It is actually a sea serpent from the Hebrew Bible and is referenced in several different books in the Bible, including Psalms, the Book of Job, the Book of Isaiah, the Book of Amos, and... 
also the book of Enoch, which is not the Bible, but is something we've talked about before. If you'll remember from the Lucifer. Yeah. Can I make a confession? Back in season five. What? When I, so I had like heard the name Leviathan floating around as a monster name for Supernatural when we started the show. Like, because I, when I made the Patreon, it's a Patreon tier. Um, Mm -hmm. When I heard the name Leviathan, I was really hoping that it would be a giant sea serpent or a big fish or like a big dumb whale, like in Final Fantasy X. Like, I I was hoping for some kind of giant aquatic monster, but you know, Mm -hmm. here here we are. You got dick instead. Best we got is black goo running through a water supply. See. The Leviathan in Supernatural remind me not so much of the Leviathan in the, you know, in Judaism, and instead reminding me more of Legion. Yeah. Um, mm, Legion yes. is from this story in the Bible where Jesus, um, oh God, I did not do research into this, so I'm doing this completely from memory, and not only from memory, but like from my Bible school days, which were many, many years ago. Um I believe it's the, there are a bunch of demons um, possessing a man and Jesus asks them their name and they, and they respond with, we are Leviathan or we are Legion um, mm-hmm. to mean there's like too many of them to separate, uh, which definitely I see the parallels here. But that being said, there are parallels between supernatural Leviathan and the, um, mythical leviathan which we will get into in just a moment yeah uh the leviathan is a sea serpent it is described as being impossibly large i mean not able to be completely perceived through the human eye large it has uh many different like armored scales on its back that are so close together that not even air can pass through them much less a spear and it is unbeatable by humans um it is something that if a human saw, then they're just going to be frozen in fear because there's not going to be anything to do about it. The Leviathan shows up both literally and also figuratively. Um, in a figurative sense, it can it can stand in as sort of like a metaphor for like a great enemy of the Hebrews. Um, pretty famously, it's it shows up as a metaphor for uh, Babylon mm-hmm. in Psalms. But it also is referenced literally, uh, particularly in Job, where Job references Yahweh's defeat of the Leviathan, um, because, of course, only Yahweh could defeat such a powerful monster. Mm-hmm. It's so imposing that uh, it, when it attacks, flashes of lightning appear in the sky, and um, when it moves, it causes like waves, huge waves to appear up. Which makes me think that the Leviathan is actually a metaphor for the ocean during a storm. Ah. Um, you know, something that can't be tamed, but yeah. is also one of God's creation. Mm-hmm. Which is something that appears many times throughout its uh, history. Can I share... The Leviathan... Oh, can I share something with you guys that I learned today that's applicable to this moment and I never thought I'd be able to use it organically? What's oh that? my god, go for it. So, you know, on old sea maps, you would see these giant sea serpents and shit? Uh-huh. You know what mm-hmm. that meant to symbolize? Here there be what? dragons. 
Nope. Dangerous waters that they were lively and would like, they would be like choppy and would probably sink your ship. That's what they were meant to denote. It didn't, they didn't mean giant fucking sea serpents. It was just fucking choppy seas that would beat the hell out of your ship. Well, um, world giant serpents are pretty common in mythology. Um, I am, I immediately thought of the Norse, uh, the world serpent. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and the Leviathan itself is probably based off of uh, the Canaanite Lotan, which was a another sea monster, sea serpent, that was the uh, servant of the god of the sea, um, Yam, Yam, uh, and was defeated by the storm god, Hadad Baal. Um, in, in Job we find out that Yahweh actually defeated the Leviathan. And yes, and this is really where the big supernatural parallel comes into, there is a version of the Leviathan myth where there were actually two Leviathans, a male and female Leviathan, and Yahweh, after created them, creating them, realized that they were too powerful, would destroy the world and devour everything, so he killed the female Leviathan. Nice. Which, you know, is pretty much as close to a parallel as you're gonna get mm-hmm. um leviathan is a trans or you know its etymology is of a hebrew word of course uh the root of which means to twine or to join uh which was very reminiscent of the leviathan and supernatural for me how they're a parasite that takes over its host yeah uh <clears throat> and then also uh this another part of the word means um to twist, wreathe, twisted, and folds. Hmm. Um, is that's what the suffix translates to. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, it's a great imposing creature. Uh, that's pretty much what I got. It shows up in most of the Judeo-Christian traditions, uh, Judaism, Christianity, Gnosticism. It even shows up in the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. Nice. Where there it's uh, representing the element of water, the direction of west, and listed as one of the four crown princes of hell. Hell yeah. So, you know, hell Satan or whatever. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. So yeah, that's what I got as far as, as far as that goes. Hell yeah. Well, biblical leviathans sound dope as fuck. Mm. I mean, honestly, they're pretty fucking badass. They do sound cool as hell, man. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, the whole Legion thing being more like our supernatural Leviathans, mm. uh, especially when they were all trapped inside of Cass. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a cool... I, I, I feel like that was probably at least some little bit of shout out to a little bit yeah. more biblical lore. Yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a it scene. It was pretty out. dope. There's a scene like in a the... Lot of- there's this, oh, go ahead. There's a scene in the exorcism of Emily Rose where the priest is attempting to get the demon, the presumed singular demon, out of Emily Rose. And he's demanding the demon's name because whenever you're trying to take a demon out of somebody, it's very important to get to know them. And mm-hmm. so he's like, tell me your name, demon, tell me your name. And then that's what the demon does. It's like, we are legion for we are many. 
and it doesn't nice. give him a direct name. It's fucking. It's a. It's a fucking cool scene. Yeah. And Hell yeah. It's been done a few times in, like exorcism films and most of the time it's pretty poignant sometimes it's cheesy as hell but that's what i really enjoyed this season was that and they're also a legion thing with um in mass effect there's a robot and it's ai is basically like a hive mind and so the robot that kind of speaks for the hive mind calls itself legion let's see mass effect legion yeah there's a thing in Mass Effect called Legion I haven't played any of the Mass Effect games though but it seems like there is a thing called Legion in Mass Effect nice so I've got very limited knowledge of it and it feels like something I remembered seeing when I watched someone else play it once oh it's badass looking though hell that's cool as shit so I think both Legion and Leviathan are pretty cool, and honestly, I'm okay with how they were portrayed in Supernatural as kind of a mix of the two myths, because I do see the, uh, I do see where they pulled from the Leviathan Mm -hmm. to create the Supernatural Leviathan, but I also see some, you know, I am Legion moments, which I think is pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. So... Unlike some other monsters that got brought up this season, this didn't really leave me wanting for a more accurate portrayal, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, (laughs) let's talk about some of our least favorite and most favorite moments of the season. Uh, Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go ahead and say just... My whole least favorite moment in general was the entire episode of season seven, Time for a Wedding. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, that also made it onto my least favorite list. Uh, honestly, my least favorite episode list is so much shorter than my favorite list because the favorite episodes stood out to me and the least, fa- and most of the episodes were just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I forgot. Yeah. Forgot about them. That's fair. Yeah. Um, what was your favorites? Favorite episodes? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Death's Door, for sure. Yeah. Um, Girl with the Dra- Dungeons and Dragons tattoo is, like, on both lists. <laughs> for the same reasons. I respect yeah. that. Uh, Party yeah. on Garth is a favorite. Hell yes. Um, I'm not sure where to put Plucky Penny Whistle's magical menagerie. Yeah, it's kind of floating uh, around in there. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Honestly, for me, that went on neither list. Um. On my favorite list, I did have some ones that Travis didn't have. Shut up, Dr. Phil. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence Monsters mm, slash yeah. fiction. Um, honestly, the season opener in the second episode, still ex- really great. This oh, is true. Um, yeah. And then on my least favorite list, I had The Girl Next Door, a fucking course. Mm. Um, season 7, Time for a Wedding, and then Defending Your Life. And, uh... Oh, God, defending your life. Wait, defending your life. That's was the one that... where, like... 
That was the one where they were like on trial. Yeah, yeah. the Egyptian god. Like, god, that was this yeah. season. It was. I know. It feels like an a a lifetime ago. <sighs> That's like so. so I, Frank was also. He was just this season, right? He was like correct, we didn't yes. see we didn't see Frank last week. We've only seen Frank this season. Oh my god, it's been so long. I think it's yep. partly the quarantine and partly this season kind of blows. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of Columbine, yep. honestly, Ben. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Jesus. you for using my own quote against me. You are welcome. Um... And then uh, I had, I did favorite monster, the Leviathan, yeah. <laughs> Dick, yeah, you got to. capitalism in general. You got to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, I also want to, I want to throw out uh, time after time after time as a kind of bottom of the favorites list, kind of bottom of the favorites, oh, yeah. top of the mids. Because yeah. that one was just fun to see Dean all dressed up. Oh, I also had of grave importance on my favorites list. I liked that one. That was the ghost episode with Annie and Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say it obviously wasn't that important because I don't fucking remember it already. (laughs) That that was the episode where it is immortalized on the internet forever where I'm like that sexy 1910s ghost. That's right. Yeah, I didn't cut that part out. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's true, though. I have no regrets. Whatever. It's not even the worst thing that I've said this week, much for less real. on this fucking show. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ben? What you got? I mean, I'm not really going to crack into any new or untreaded water here. Party on Garth, definitely a favorite. Uh, Born Again Identity, kind of lame. Out with the old, I wanted to like it. Uh, I do like how, like, the fucking underdog eats the boss or like helps them beat the boss and it's just like mm. bro all right just throw the borax like i put it right there for you just throw it at her man come on right and then you got repo man which was just no wait that's not that's a future episode i'm thinking of but no reaper man was this season repo yeah. man no there's a there's well i'm not gonna say anymore repo man's the one oh, where okay. like the dude tricks them and it turns out he's just being a serial killer because he misses his demon. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's just... It could have been cooler is my only mm. point. I thought the ending was great. The the lead up, very meh. Plucky yeah. Penny Whistles. It goes both ways. There's parts that I love and there's, there's parts that I hate about it. But, Jesus Christ. If, if Garth had... If he didn't, if he was not in season seven time for a wedding and just had Party on Garth as his introduction, he would be a shining example of a character for a show. Yeah. And he would have no bad episodes. (laughs) But that goddamn blemish of season seven time for a wedding 
Speaking of, this gets into my least favorite monster list because number one least favorite monster, the Kitsune. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number two though, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Hell yeah. Becky, you're creepy and weird, and I hate that you're supposed to be the representation of like supernatural fans at this point in the show. What the fuck is up with that, guys? Yeah, that shit's not hey, cool. We're right here. And do you know what we're doing with our time? Is it like drugging one of your actors? No. It's creating a podcast that very few people listen to where we complain about the show for not being better written. <laughs> Which is not weird and creepy at all. We don't even tweet at you guys to complain about it. We just do it privately for like 10 people or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, did y'all have any like standout monsters or least favorite? I don't know how I feel about the Slice Girl situation. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, I think it'll be cool if it gets revisited, but as a standalone episode and standalone, like, monsters? Were they monsters? I don't really remember. Oh, they were the Amazons, right? Yeah, they were the Amazons. Yes, yeah, yeah they were the Amazons. Not, not great as, like, antagonistic monster types. Yeah. Um, favorite monsters gotta go to the Leviathans. Definitely. Definitely. Especially during slash fiction. Yeah. And how to win friends and influence monsters. And then, you know, Dick was a delight. Yeah. Dick Roman in general. Yeah. And, uh, capitalism. Capitalism was a great monster this season. Did I already make that joke? I don't know. I'm getting a little tired. Oh, uh... Also, not really monsters, but the cursed items and out with the old. Oh, yeah. Those cool. were cool. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking tea kettle. The porn. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, porn. Victrola. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Uh, I will say I thought Kronos was an interesting, like, monster for oh, the season. yeah. Kronos. Poorly utilized. Which is yeah. oh yeah, that was time after time after time. Fuck, yeah. I forgot that he was the villain of that season. Yeah, put very like not great use of a monster named Kronos. Fucking a. and not a great use of the actor who I'm a fan of personal mm-hmm. style. Yeah. But the Reaper from Death's Door, uh, I would like to add as well the one that was chasing down Bobby. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, he was cool. He was cool as hell. Not really a monster in the he's a monstrous sense, but definitely well, in, pretty fucking rad as a supernatural creature. In the yeah. sense of, like, it was the antagonist of the episode. Right. Because, like, in Benders, is there really a monster other than the real one, man? Um, it's, a, it's a hellacious so. callback. Let's see. Eh, least favorites, uh, maybe some of the shit from Plucky's Penny Whistles. Yeah. Like, the stuff that was brought uh, into the world. Like, the the guy getting, like, gored by the unicorn, that's kind of great. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. getting gored by a unicorn is always amazing. Yeah. It's this magical thing out to fucking, like, ruin your life. I'm going to make a list of TV episodes, episodes specifically where people get gored to death by unicorns. And it's going to be more than one. So um, at least two that I can think of right now. 
Let's uh, make a podcast where we watch all of those episodes of various TV shows, and we'll call it Unigorn. That's what we're gonna do during the uh, <laughs> during the hiatus. Unigorn. Yeah, we're gonna do a Unigorn episode yeah, just as like a special bonus yeah, coming to a Spotify feed near you. Unigorn. Oh yeah, baby. Podcast production. Hey, hey, Asput presents Unigorn <laughs> episodes where you. <laughs> The unicorns are the bad guys. Okay. I'm going to hear for this and want to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the end of season seven, so you know what that means. Time for some thank yous. Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you to Scott Eason for doing these special, like, supernatural finale bonus episode with uh, Ben and me. That was pretty cool. Um, I want to say thank you to Evan Roulette for being in Backdoor Podcast Pilot. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, both of y'all, for coming back on the show. A huge thank you to Darren and Bosco of Supernatural Virgin. If you haven't listened to their show yet, what are you doing? Go listen to it right now. Um, they are hilarious and have some really excellent, like, uh, points to make about Supernatural, and their show is much shorter than ours, so you know, much easier to listen to, more palatable, really. Um, so, uh, but yeah, go check them out. Thank you guys uh, so much for doing the uh, B- Blood Mountain episode uh, bonus episodes we did. That was awesome. And last but not least, thank you to our patrons. Uh, Thank you so much to Corey Lehman, Jen Posey, AF Taneeth, Mary Ferris, Christy Crenshaw, Nathan Jinx, Hannah, uh, Stacey Shepard, Emma Emery, Lauren Teichmiller, Samantha De Darden, Lindsay, and Anu Rima. If you want to join their ranks and help support the show, check us out at patreon.com slash halfcast. We really appreciate uh, everything that gets donated to us. It helps us keep the show going, you know, pay our fees and put some money into um, some extra stuff we want to do. So we really appreciate you guys uh, helping us out there. Um, and thank you so much to everyone who's donated or ever donated. Um, y'all are awesome. Just completely wow we love every single one of you especially if you donate but we still love you if you just listen to um i mean like the 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 donations have really helped like they help covering hosting costs for Mm -hmm. the podcast feed and even the website now so it's um it's really awesome that you guys love us enough to help us make it happen if you started listening to this show um, this season, this year, because you were in quarantine and we're doing a little Supernatural rewatch, I just want to say thank you so much for, like, choosing this podcast to be the podcast you did that with. Um, I really have felt the love from a lot of our fans this year, and it is awesome to talk to you guys on Twitter or get emails from you guys or see y'all on Instagram um, every time I'm reminded of the fact that, like, people actually listen to Hey Ass But, I'm shocked because <laughs> we yeah. weren't expecting this. <laughs> um, and if you've donated to the show and helped kept us going, again, s- super appreciative of that. Um, y'all are awesome. I can't wait to, to get into season eight with you guys. Um, anything y'all want to say real quick to, like, thank our fans? Um... I mean, I said that thing just now earlier. Uh, also, right. <laughs> like, um, 
back in what was it November? I posted our like Spotify rap for podcasters, and it was really, uh, it was just really awesome to see listeners from all over the place, especially from across the pond. Um, <laughs> just lost all of them. Uh, <laughs> well, I never, never again. How dare you? First, you insult the royal family in your Christmas episode for Patreon, and now this. So, um, how was that, Darren? Was that a good impression? Was I spot on? <laughs> but yeah, just thank you all like, for like all. believing in us and supporting us and loving us because we love you just as much as you think we love each other. <laughs> I, I, I think I got a little lost in that one. Yeah, you did. It's fine. It's though. like midnight 15, and we're a little sleepy. Guys. <laughs> this is Mitch. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Uh, we love and appreciate all of you, and I can't wait to see you on the other side. Yeah. yeah. All right, Travis. This next episode is called We Need to Talk About Kevin. What's it about? We need to talk about Kevin. Kevin has been in custody of Crowley, but Sam gets him back. But Kevin has developed some bad habits, like, uh, not doing the dishes or, uh, peeing in the tub when he's not supposed to, and... Just watching porn all the time, so Sam's got to have a talk to him about that. Up until that last one, I thought you meant Kevin was a cat. No. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, fuck, man. Oh my god! It's right on porn. Kevin keeps scratching up the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> keeps uh, keeps ma- making litter biscuits. outside of the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> keeps spitting out like fucking dead rats at the coffee table. Kevin got into the catnip, and now he's high. <laughs> Travis, I don't know if Kevin's going to turn into a cat between season seven and eight, but when he does, we'll talk about it next time on Hey Asmite. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, check out our website, habcast.com. We can get access to all of our social media, Hey Asbutt on or at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Hey Asbutt is Supernatural Podcast on Facebook. You can also gain access to our Patreon, where all of our lovely patrons donate. And if you donate three dollars, you uh, can listen to Let's Check Ass, the bonus show we do where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not, in fact, supernatural. Um, thank you guys so much, and until next time, have fun and don't die. Bye.